0: This podcast was funded in part by the UK Arts Council. Hi, Trey. Hi, Hi, how are you? Welcome to
1: In-House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. This week's interview is with Trey. Now, Trey is one of the first artists that I met working at In-House. Uh, when i arrived at lewis prison almost two years ago and trey is a spoken word master and he performed a piece then which completely blew me away so this interview is a little bit different and i've interjected it throughout with examples of his spoken word i hope you enjoy
0: talking 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 forever talking you're boring same words, jarring in the mornings. And no wisdom in your speech, just stay out of my way, remain out of reach. Arms length, that's your best bet. Trust me, it's in your best interests, and no intellect in your movement. But every day I'm getting wiser, still, I've got room for improvement. You talk fiction, that's why I distance myself, as it's torture to listen. And when I move through, I show my competitors who's who, and with my statements, I'll show the world that I can raise roofs. Now see, I felt my rhythm gradually. I couldn't write for weeks, but I knew to make it work it wasn't going to land in my lap for free. I had to tap the meaning, then attack with reason. And I know what I'm saying as I've previously danced with demons. But now I'm even wide awake when I'm dreaming. I guess I just find it distasteful. That you tell lies in plain view. But our society made you, so I can't even blame you. But I've wrote this from your fake truth. So bro, I must now thank you.
2: My name's Trey Clark. I'm 27 years old. Um, I've spent time in custody since 2011 up until 2019. I'm at In House Records, and since being with them, I've had the hope and belief in myself that someday I can achieve what I want to do with my music.
1: You can imagine a lot of people that I've talked to for this segment of the CD have been musicians, but your main thing is spoken word, right? Is this something that has always been true with you? Do you remember a moment in your um, younger years when words and painting pictures with words like that was a thing you discovered or presented itself as something important?
2: No, you know, um, growing up with friends that could rap and MC and create music, I was round it all the time and could never... Do anything because I don't think I gave myself a chance um, to do it. I kind of freestyled a little bit here and there. I love music. I love music growing up. I was around garage music and drum and bass growing up, and then R and B, hip hop, rap. I love grime, drum and bass, dubstep, garage. The, everything like my, my music is so eclectic. I love everything as long as it touches me and it's got a nice beat. on am so It's nice it wasn't until I was on the other side of the world, away from my children, that I started sitting down and writing my feelings out on a bit of paper and then as in, I wrote it as it was in my head. So I wasn't actually trying at the start to write poetry or do anything, I was writing letters to my children as all of us as characters. All of us as bears, you know, I was making up stories for all of us to keep us connected. And then, as I was just writing some things, things started rhyming and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I started sharing it with some people in the yard and they were like, hey, that's really cool. Like, that just touched me. And I've got like big six foot five guys from New Zealand with tribe tattoos all over them faces and arms crying at what I'm talking about. And then that's when it hit me a bit. I thought, okay. I'm going to start sending somebody back to England. And I started getting some responses. And I started winning some competitions. And and then, yeah, I started sharing a bit more and I didn't lock it up. And it's, it's gone from there, really. I, I didn't expect anything to come from it. I was just writing a letter to my children one day.
1: You um, you're saying that you finished your sentence in Lewis and that you were coming over from Australia. So just briefly to put that into context, um, how you, were, you actually did some time in Australia, did you?
2: So I was actually serving a sentence in England. I was released on my license. Um, I still had some problems with some people. I decided the best thing for me to do was get out of the country for a little while. Um, I decided to go to Australia. I managed to get through. I spent some time with my family, and after some people in England realised I'd gone, they'd run Crime Stoppers, and then yeah, come apparent I was abroad illegally, and then I got sent home after a year after spending a year in custody out there. Um, I got sent home to finish off my licence that I'd been recalled for for leaving the country. So I probably spent about over three years in total, with about a month outside in the middle
1: of it. it. Really fascinating listening to the spoken word stuff that you sent me, because a lot of it details uh, the experience of prison life, right? And and obviously, I'm, I'm imagining that you wrote quite a lot of that when you were inside, did you?
2: Yeah, that, that all of that stuff I sent, apart from the one with a bit of a backing track, all of them were wrote in custody, yeah.
1: Yeah. So do you feel uh that your 3 years or, or almost 3 years in prison was primarily a punishment in that they took that time away from you or do you feel that there was genuine rehabilitation there
2: um in a sense i think yeah the whole loss of liberty and being incarcerated yeah is the punishment that time by yourself to reflect on what you've done is the punishment being away from friends family colleagues life that's the punishment um but if you don't have rehabilitation in jail, then no one's going to get better, they only get worse. But then it comes down to the one element. That's that person wants to change. And that person has got to want to change before. They can say it a thousand times, but until they apply themselves and change, they're never going to change. Prisons a revolving door. And until you join yourself into a little group and open your mind and go, do you know what? Like, enough's enough. Like, I'm not coming in no more. You're, you're always going to keep going back. Mm. And for in house, to me, was my reason for not. They instill values in you of what you can achieve on the outside and everything else. Yeah. With in house, we learn on the inside about things, but we're developing our tools so we can use them and build together on the outside. And that's what we have done. People on the inside and not see it we what we're doing out here, but we are doing it and it's achievable by all of us coming together collectively and doing it. That's how it works.
1: I'm interested or intrigued by this idea of um, of creativity in confinement. Do you yeah. think that 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 you need something like that if you're going to spend time in confinement. How important is a creative pursuit, do you think?
2: I think you either go down two directions in jail. You either don't have that creative mind or you do. And by having that, it gives you that time to reconnect with yourself. And you can only be really creative when you are so isolated from everything because it allows you to then... Look around yourself and nothing can go right. What can I do? And it's your core and everything you've got out. So I think the importance of being creative in custody is massive because it takes you out of that headspace of being locked away. Now, obviously, being an intelligent person, you know you're still locked away and you understand why you're there. But applying yourself to something creative to make yourself better, is it's, you need that to survive, I think. Without music, without writing my poetry, I would have gone down the wrong way and I would have hung around with the wrong people and I wouldn't have gave myself the chance to repair.
1: So you got out when I started and I can't remember quite when that was. I mean, it's, a, it's going on a couple of years ago now, I think, isn't it? I mean, you probably remember the date. When did you leave Lewis? I
2: think it was the 17th of July. Okay 2018 was it
1: 2018 yes. yeah so you did a piece that it was about i think your time in the armed forces and i remember this description of red mist and it being really full on and um incredibly like visceral description of of battlefields and you coming to yeah. terms with that after that are you able to recite for me any of those lines I
2: have an um The poem was called Then and Now. Um, And yeah, so it started... um, Well, I think I know. Crosshairs. I've seen them coming from a mile away. Locked and loaded. The javelins out. Silence. Exploded. The boys are on the ground. C4s on the doors. MOE's done correctly, point man through, method of entry. Pink mist fills that room, typhoon on its way, sonic boom. Man down, medic screams, get that man out. vac. heli's en route, let's calm down. Keep calm, carry on. Wait out, Is the next comm sound before the 50 cal let rip. 16 confirmed, ISIL, down and out.
1: Wow. Yeah. that I mean, that's still giving me goosebumps now. It really left an impression with me when I heard it on that day. Um, yeah, man. So unpack for anybody listening to this, unpack a little bit about what that's about. So obviously you spent a bit of time in the armed forces.
2: Yeah, Royal Marine Commandos. I was 15 and nine months. So I signed up the day that I could join, um, which is in 2009, the 5th of December. I was still in school when I signed my paperwork.
1: Fifteen and nine months. Can you join that? That young? They let you in that young, didn't they?
2: That was the most earliest I was allowed to join.
1: Okay, so So what was? Wait
2: to finish my GCSEs and then I was allowed to enlist. But I'd done all of my, my medical, my biometric and psychological tests.
1: Explain to me um, why you were so eager to sign up to that. What was the um, what was the appeal to you?
2: I got given a choice by my great-grandfather. It was either carry on playing football and get myself everywhere or find my own digs and join the military. So, being that young and not being able to get travel to go to all my football matches, I decided to join the military.
0: Click. Unlock. It's eight o'clock. Straight to the shower. I'm up before, but the door is on the hour. Back to my cell, I try to look my best. And here I stay positive, I know that I'm blessed. And there's always plenty of time for salvation, from mindfulness to education. So I use my time well to gain my qualifications. So I'm earning cues to earn more peace. Aim to better myself and prepare for release. As when I'm out past those walls, my Tower of Tuna will mean nothing at all. So I go to gym, expand my chest with every set, but Trey, don't forget to grow your intellect. He owns more razors and Radox than a branch of boots, but bro, your razors will be blunt compared to my suits. So ditch your deals on the landings and those endless laps on the yard of your so-called mandate. Why not stop, take a read of a book? Even if you just take a look, watch your sentence as it disappears with the years, It's all about preparation bro, the rise, my reincarnation bro, into a world full of hate and most people won't appreciate what I've had to do to survive, but like a cat with nine lives, one by one my chances disappear and all I hear is a leopard will never change its spots, they all think I'll never stop, but I'll reroute and connect new dots, I won't give them the chance as I've declined the dance with a devil, as I'm no longer the rebel, and I'm more than Gordon Ramsay with a prison kettle. I won't present people with a choice to break my spirit with their voice. So I'll be the best I can be as I spent my time inside oh so wisely so I can live the rest of my life in peace and crime free, back on the streets and living my dream, making my family proud. And I'll show them with hard work what I'll be next and I'll pass test after test and I'll be walking free and I'll become the best and that's with my voice. How has life been
1: for you since you got out?
2: My ups and downs. I've ended up back in custody once. Um, Okay. But that that chapter of my life's over and I'm in a new book. That whole book of my life is shut. I still use some of the pages as inspiration and some of the words in that book are now on the blurb of my new book. But I'm in a different stage of my life now coming out of this and yeah, things are getting good for me now. I've got my own home now, my own two bedroom house, got the driver license, okay. I've got a car, I see my children, I've got my own barbershop. and things are going good for me. And I'm just writing my music and trying to learn keyboard now and guitar.
1: I love this metaphor is um of life as a book. What what do you hope for the uh for the chapters that have not been written yet?
2: Well, next chapter's coming off probation because I'm still actually on a post-sentence supervision licence, which runs out in August. So once that's done, I'm completely free and I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to travel. Well, So I'm waiting for this lockdown so we can start getting back and doing gigs and I can... Get in the studio and start recording some bits properly, and, and see where it goes. You know, it's networking. All of this has slowed me down. I've been able to write some bits, but I've been busy doing other bits. But I want to put myself into this a lot, and I've got the time after lockdown, and I've got the space. I've got the vehicle. I can get places. I can do things. I can, and I want to. So I want to be part of in-house for a long time. And, so what I've done with In-House on the Outside has been absolutely incredible.
1: What have you done with In-House on the Outside?
2: Andrew Lloyd Webber Theatre. We played at many, many times with resident guests there. So we had a monthly feature. We've played at Latitude Festival. We've played at the, the, the George Tavern in London, a very famous music venue. We've been booked in for other festivals that were cancelled this year. Um, we've gone off and met producers from that, famous producers. We've sat and wrote music and performed music in Leopard Quo studios at some records. We've performed around London in pubs. It's been absolutely great. Long haul for me, the vision I see for in-house in 10, 20 years, wherever it may be, is in every single prison and is in every single probation office up and down the country and across the world. We are there as prevention. We're there with youth offending teams. We are there to go come write music instead of being on the streets, being that front line of going when people are getting arrested or cautioned. They're being told heard about in-house records, and then like, oh, what's that before they're even being sent to a youth offending team or anything like that, and then they're in the hands of in-house. Then
1: you used the phrase there, or the or the sentence, "come and write music instead of being on the streets." Right Now, I know what you mean by that because I've been in those workshops and I've seen how transformative it can be for people. But a lot of people will think that that is far too simple, right? Surely it can't be that simple. Surely music is not so powerful. I mean, is it?
2: It starts then. It starts then. So what I'm trying to say is the prevention side, getting people off the streets before they start learning about being on the streets and why they need to be there. So boys are in their bedrooms, listening to music, loving music. They're starting to get their own genres of music by themselves and then gradually with their friends and they're enjoying music together. We start to enjoy the same genre. We haven't got nowhere to do anything. So we're out in the streets trying to earn some money so we can get a bit of studio time or buy some equipment. But before that, why have we got to go on the streets to do that if we're underprivileged or haven't got money? Is there not people out there that can help us? Oh, yeah, there is in house records. So we're there before the thoughts as an adolescent get into your head of going out on the streets and needing to earn money because mummy's too poor or mummy won't give me money because I'm too naughty or anything. In house are there, there's that first step prevention before children are groomed into going on the streets or make that choice of going, oh, I want to go and sell drugs.
1: How important is, um, is writing for you on the outside? Do you write every day or how often do you? No,
2: not every day. last life's got, got me a little bit at the moment. Um, I write when I can and when I feel the need to. I'm not a writer that sits down and goes, right, I must do this, I must do this. I write when I feel I need to get that down. I see creativity as a key to yourself because creativity comes from you as an image, as an imagination, as a thought. And it comes through the process as a thought, as an image, and then as a product, whatever it may be, compound liquid, whatever it is, words, visions, you can still be creative with your visions and help people with just how you talk. So on the outside, inside, yeah, it doesn't matter. Creativity. Anyone can do it. Possess it. You've got it. ready. You're the holder of the key to
1: yourself. All right, Trey. Well, look, man. Hopefully, when all this um, pandemic uh, nonsense is over, I can meet you again in person at one of these showcases.
2: Hundred percent. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, look. Well, thanks.
2: You. Thank you so much for your time, Will. Yeah. Really well, uh, likewise. Thank you for your all right, Trey. Well, Well, we'll have a good weekend. Yeah, man.
1: All right, take it easy. Bye. Bye, mate, bye. To find out more about the world's only prison run record label, go to inhouserecords.org. That's all one word inhouserecords.org. And if you'd like to hear more of these interviews, please hit subscribe if you can on whatever platform you use for podcasts. The In House Podcast is an APA production for in house records.